Hi everyone, welcome to Kasama Hanko Season 9. Today on the podcast, I had the amazing opportunity again to reconnect with a high, I, I would say high school acquaintances. I know off the podcast recording, we were just talking about like, how do we meet? But you know, it's it's been a it's been a blur especially since 2020 so much things has happened but i'm so glad to be able to reconnect again and without further said and do um i would love for our guests to give a little short intro about who they are and what title would they call the season of their life right Aloha, everybody. Hi, everyone. My name is Sally Million. Um, wow, it's so good to see you again, Chachi. It's been, like you said, it's been a while. Um, I was calculating it's been six years since we met. <laughs> and now we're getting reacquainted again. Um, so again, my name is Sally Million. Uh, I was born and raised in the island of Hawaii on Oahu. But, um, now I'm currently residing in um, California, Southern California. I just recently graduated with my master's degree in nutrition and dietetics at Loma Linda University. Um, And I am aspiring to be a dietitian and hoping to use food and nutrition as a way to bring people together and also our communities as well. Um, I would title the season that I am currently in, um, I'll title it as growing up um i would say it's growing up because it's inspired by one of my favorite songs by an artist called run river north and yeah they wrote the song um growing up and it just talks about the themes of growing up or just learning or or just transitioning from adolescence to adulthood and what it means to be a young adult and um, growing up from there so you learn about so it's things about friendship, perseverance, um, what else, and discovering and writing your own independence, and learning to move forward from your mistakes. So I feel like that song resonates with me so much of what I'm learning as a young adult in in my mid-20s, and I think that also, that's also relevant to um, what we could be talking about today as as a young Filipino American. Yes, honestly, the title of your life growing up, it's it's something that we think about when we were in high school and we honestly continue to think about until this day. And like I'm excited. I'm excited to chat more about this with you. Um first and foremost, um I wanted to briefly ask how how are you in with your relationship with your own Filipino identity? Oh, so it's kind of a trick. It's to be honest. Um, I okay. How do I explain this? So sometimes I feel like. I'm kind of like in the in-between because I grew up, I like, I was born and raised in Hawaii. So there's a lot of like Asian culture around me and also a lot of Filipino culture, especially growing up in 
with Paul Hu and Kalihi, there's a lot of Filipinos there too. But I think like, I'm also, I'm not from the Philippines either. So I feel like I haven't had the opportunity to grow up and be some, be immersed in what it's like growing up in the Philippines. So growing up in America, it's, it's different. And so it feels like I'm in between of being in the Philippines around like a lot of my, my Filipino friends. It's like, I feel a bit Americanized or not Filipino enough. And when I'm in the group of my friends who are not Filipinos, it's kind of like expected, like I am the most Filipino in the group. And so I understand the Filipino culture. I understand the Filipino culture, but I feel like I don't know. Sometimes I have like that inner struggle, like, yes, on one side of, yes, I am Filipino through and through. But at the same time, I'm not Filipino through and through because I don't know the language. I'm not born in the Philippines, but the in-between is why should I have those as my qualifications to be considered Filipino or Filipino enough? I think what it means to be Filipino and be with that Filipino identity and growing is accept your Filipino blood, accept the background and being open to learning about your Filipino culture and forming that Filipino identity within you and around you. Right, definitely. And thank you for like sharing a little bit about it because I can resonate some parts of it, especially when you mentioned that growing up from Hawaii, you're surrounded with different Asian cultures. And sometimes it also clashes because um, we kind of, we have similar kind of ways of growing up as a, in our mm-hmm. family. So you kind of think to yourself, like, if I, like, is this what it means to be Filipino? Or is this just the, the way to uh, live together in harmony with society? Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask, in your family, are you the young, are you the first second or youngest yeah so I am actually I actually grew up in a very big family um about 12 children (laughs) and I am the second youngest amongst all of them and you all grew up in Hawaii yes we all grew up in Hawaii some of my um older cousins and older blood siblings were born in the Philippines, but then they also moved um, to Hawaii. So towards the end, we were all just born in Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever feel kind of distance with your siblings or have you felt like being, having this much siblings brought you closer? I think having this many siblings have brought me closer as a family because um, we all had to rely on each other. We had parents who were busy, like, just working. And also, because it's a big family, mm-hmm. it's kind of like carrying a school bus all throughout growing up. Drop with the kids, bring them home to work. Dad's taking care of the household and whatnot. So, but because we had to rely on each other and work together as a team in that sense, um, I definitely felt that I was close to them. Even growing up, too, even though we're all 
adults now, even having our own kids or married, we're, we're still together. Um, like, thank you for social media, like just keeping us together. Right. In in essence of your family, what is something that your parents have taught you that you continue to kind of cherish now that you've moved away? Mm -hmm. I would say um, two things. Um, Well, actually three. instilling in me the importance of having a relationship with um Jesus and I grew up in a Christian home and um that's also something they carried when they're in when my parents were in the Philippines too they're Christian Catholic and so they brought that um spiritual faithful background to us and um, I was able to grow up in that so in time away they always encouraged me like don't forget to pray, don't forget to go to church, I'm like, it's mom, it's dad, Uh, so that's the first thing, the second thing is um, education, Um, my dad, he always told me that um, I always have to be willing to learn, and so growing up, I've um, always been open just to learning, and always trying to find a way to use my education, and also um, advancing my education as well, And the last thing that my parents have taught me was, um, is service, um, using my education and also my career and finding a way to serve people. And I think that's something that I see in a lot of, um, Filipinos as well. They're like, there's that stereotype, right? It's like, oh, nursing, I'll be a doctor. But I think the foundation of that is like making yourself available to serve others when people come and visit you it's like oh did you eat do you want water like and so like we're always preparing something we're always trying to make them comfortable and so I think I carry that as a person as well just always trying to find myself make myself available to serve them and I I actually wanted to clarify why I wanted to ask this question because for you uh, to continue on the conversation I wanted to understand a bit about your family background and how close your dynamics with family and I can see that it really did kind of um, carry on with you as you came from Hawaii from a very warm hospitable environment to really your family Uh dynamics and one thing that I've noticed actually is um, and it kind of transitioned into this question of like being Filipino and fitting in and being Filipino and being ashamed have you ever have struggled in trying to really put yourself out there and representing yourself in your own uh, cultural identity oh yes yes I have kind of um like I mentioned previously I'm like I'm not born in the Philippines so I don't have a disadvantage like but I do have an advantage like I am Filipino and I uh, grew up with my family speaking Tagalog or Ilocano, but the disadvantage of that is that I didn't learn, and so there's like that tug. But um, the way that I try to make myself fit in, or just try to make myself more known, or like just within me rather than like just 
shying away from the Filipino, um, just shying, rather than shying away from like, no, I'm not Filipino, I'm, I'm not Filipino enough, like, no, I am Fili- Filipino enough, like, I am Filipino, and this is what I'm gonna do to embrace my filipino which is to just being open to learn. And so how I do that is um, I allow myself, not to say that I'm eavesdropping, but if like my coworkers or if my friends are speaking Tagalog or Ilocano, I'll just, I'll just try to chime in. I'll be like, oh, what are you guys talking about? Then they'll just be like, oh yeah, we're talking about this. And then they go back to speaking Tagalog or Ilocano. So I'm like, okay, what are you talking about? Oh, I can pick up some words. Or oh, is this what they're talking about? And then I'll chime in. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, yeah, you're catching on, Sally. And I'm like, oh, this is great. So again, it's just, when it comes to language, it's um, practicing it, um, learning, or just picking up on conversations. So that's one thing that, um, that's one area where I've had a hard time fitting in. It's with the language. And then, um, so another way that I also try to make myself fit in, I'm not directly involved in any Filipino organizations, but I do my best to try to support it. Um, like such as following um, Filipino organizations in Hawaii or in California or wherever, and also um, watching uh, films uh, by Asian Americans um, and also listening to songs um, by Filipino pop groups. <laughs> and also, I think because I love food a lot, and like that, that was like just what I studied. Um, nutrition and dietetics I I will um, it's um just having to learn how to cook the Filipino dishes and I'm um, sharing it with my friends and so whenever I, I doubt it, I'm like man I wish I could like try to bring back like the taste that my parents made they're like Sally this is this is amazing like is this what is this the type of food that you guys eat at home I'm like yes it is they're like this is amazing and so I think that's a way that I think through that there's education but then there's also like just learning um for me like to help myself bring bring me close to home to my Filipino culture that's really something like admirable of one thing that you do is like even though like and as you mentioned like even though you can't speak both Tagalog or Ilocano your mother language like being able to just pick up conversation with your friend group or co-workers and like mm-hmm. bits and pieces that's actually helping you um like understand the different mm-hmm. languages um and i think mm-hmm. that shows more than not knowing the language is like you being able mm-hmm. to pick it up and like you're not you're breaking that barrier like you're actually stepping out of your like comfort zone <laughs> yes <laughs> And, like, one thing I would like to add about, like, when you're mentioning about trying to really fit in with the culture Mm -hmm. is your passion in food. And I think that goes a long way of you just, uh, of you just taking that initiative and taking that, um, like, taking, like, putting yourself out there to, like, oh, what can I cook Mm -hmm. that can actually, um, 
better my understanding of like where we came from. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> and actually a follow-up question to the food question and especially as you are aspiring to be um, a dietitian is you, you know that Filipino foods are high in high in cholesterol or high in like fatty uh -huh. foods like is there yes. like is there, is there like have you ever been thinking about like how can I make this kind of like healthy or mm -hmm. like just focusing <laughs> on like the yeah the health of our uh, community yes yeah um I think about that almost every day <laughs> <laughs> while I also think about food and like my family and just cooking um yeah, I do think about that because um, that's something that I also do see. Uh, one of the reoccurring health problems that um, I tend to see in like a lot of the Filipino communities is like high blood pressure, diabetes. Um, there's a lot of different factors to that. But when it comes to food, that is something that we can be creative in and also definitely take control in or hone in on in our kitchens. And so um, something that I've learned is that um, the foods that they put in um, the Filipino dishes, like for example, um, peanut bit, there's like so many different vegetables in there, right? There's like the eggplant, there's um, the calabaza or like the pumpkin, um, there's the onion, garlic, tomato. And so my history teacher in high school told me that like the reason why they do that, or, like they put different vegetables in there is because there's healing properties to that. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to take that piece of information and try to expand on that. And so I'm like, okay, so what type of vegetables can we um, add, into our, add into our dishes or do more of? How can we lower the sodium rather than adding? How can we add more taste to it? And so when I do cook Filipino food, I try not to take away too much of it because I don't want it to lose... Um, the Filipino sense <laughs> in there <laughs> and so I'm like okay if I want to do a beef or chicken broth maybe I'll try to use like half or I'll try to reduce it but add a bit more onion garlic um just to enhance the flavors and so I just like try to tweak it up a little bit use less oil maybe still with the still stick to the meat but usually use more lean meats like chicken turkey and so yeah, it's a, it's a lot of tweaking when it comes to um, food, especially with the Filipino foods as well. I try to keep that as authentic as possible. I I kind of wanted to um, highlight what you said, like when you're cooking, like you try your best to make it Filipino enough, like instead of taking away so much of like, so much of like, so much out of it, mm -hmm. like you try to like keep it balanced. Yeah. Um, I think mm -hmm. that's really that's really unique and that's really um a great like that's really great thing because like when it comes to like our Filipino dishes is like some of them like most of them is actually really are healthy and it's just finding oh, yes, the, the balance the balance to it uh -huh. yeah like uh, for example manga beans I've cooked it for my class or even for my friends um they're like yo this is this is legit this is fire and I'm like yo it's it's beans it's all fiber like I don't have morongai leaves here in California but if I just grab that spinach and put it in 
it makes it much more special too. And so I think, I definitely do think that um, our Filipino dishes do, or like the different entrees do carry a lot of health proper, like health benefits or health properties to it too. Um, but there are ways that we can tweak it up to make it mo- to make it as fun, but also as healthy as well. I'm just wondering now, like, because it got me into the food train. It's like, um, what if we just take out the Western side of it? Because America did come to the Philippines and they did bring in a lot of things that made it unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Mm, right, yeah. And I think, um, so now you mentioned that too, it's like when um, I went to the Philippines as a student missionary for two weeks, I was in um, Pagodpud. Um, I was like just eating the food there. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. It was different like I think like let's say when it came to like the fried foods like it wasn't as heavily fried as if it were to be in like America you know and so I think doing more authentic I think doing the dishes more authentically or like just seeing how they do it that way we can like just start from the ground up and making our Filipino dishes and tweaking it up Um, one thing I would like to add before kind of like moving on because we can just go into another food drama food section is is (laughs) there something that you hope you want to learn like a family recipe that you that your fam that your photo of your parents have been cooking for you that you want to kind of continue and pass it on to your offspring oh my goodness (laughs) you know I've been like I've been trying to learn the recipe for so many years even like even my siblings one of my um aunties um so growing up we used to always make pandesal like almost every I remember us making it was it every weekend but we've always made it so often and my auntie my auntie Gloria she she had like a recipe for it and she would always follow it. And one day, like, I guess she lost it or like she misplaced it. And then years later, I was like, Auntie, where's the recipe? We just tried looking for it all over the house and we just could not find it. And she's like, oh, you know what? Why not ask your auntie out in Florida? And so I would message her and she's like, you know, Sally, you just have to come and visit me and then you'll learn the recipe. I was like, oh, golly. So um, it's this pundisol recipe that I've been trying to um get a hold of yeah and also that same auntie she she does like catering for filipino desserts and dishes too for parties and so i think when i go and visit her sometime not only will i take the not only not take not only will i learn (laughs) those pandesal (laughs) that's her recipe so i don't want to steal it from her um not only will i learn the pandesal recipe but also um how to make the different desserts as well as the different um, entrees, Filipino entrees. And you can bring it to California with you. I know, and I can bring it to California, make it for my friends. <laughs> and make your own business. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> as we continue like to talk more about like your passions within Filipino foods and how it 
brings you like truly closer to your cultural heritage. Um, in your own definition, what does and how do you see yourself reclaiming your Filipino identity? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's um, reclaiming my Filipino identity um, comes in different ways. Um, I think when I'm challenged with the idea of not being Filipino enough, um, again, it's just reminding myself, like, when I think about my ident- my um, cultural identity, it's a, <clears throat> like, we don't say like, oh, I'm American. We're like, a lot of us, we say we're Filipino American. So what comes first? We're Filipino. <laughs> so it's just reminding, again, it's like reminding myself, like, I'm first Filipino and then American. And I think that kind of, that also <clears throat> tells me that some, that the way that we live, or well, the Filipino culture is different. The Filipino culture in America is different from the Filipino culture in the Philippines. So I don't think that being, there's this, okay, so back, backtrack. There's this one time um, a relative was visiting and I was young, I was like just cleaning, you know, just doing my thing, like serving our guests. And then she said something to me in Ilocano. And I don't really understand Ilocano because I always heard Tagalog growing up. And so I was like, sorry, what did you say? And then she said it again. And then um, she's like, oh, you don't understand. And I was like, oh, no, I don't. And so she's like, oh, you're so, oh, no wonder you're so Americanized. And I felt like I was, <laughs> I felt so hurt. I was like, oh, no, I'm Americanized. I'm not Filipino enough. Like, like, I think that was like the spark of like my identity crisis, but I don't think she meant it in the, she was trying to make me feel bad for myself or like, or anything like that. I think, um, now you think about it, it's like, or even like think about it as a whole. Um, I think to me, Americanized, that we shouldn't be afraid of that. It's just, the way that we carry ourselves um, as Filipinos, it's just going to be slightly different in the Philippines. It's, but it doesn't take away that foundation of what we believe as Filipinos, who we are as Filipinos. We can still share our culture, share our music, share our dances, share our art, um, share our stories. But each person each Filipino person's story is going to be different it's going to be based in America it's going to be based in the Philippines it's going to be based somewhere but it's just going to be a different point of view that's what I think and so that's something that I kind of remind myself um when I struggle with the not Filipino enough I'm like no I am Filipino my story is just going to be a bit different from everyone else so that's one thing um the second thing is just going back to your roots just um because like for me I I didn't have I don't know the language um I've never lived in the Philippines so I kind of have to start at the ground up asking these questions like oh what did my family what was my family um 
like what was my family's life like in the Philippines? How did they grow up? What the if they lived in the Barongs or different areas of the Philippines, what did that look like? What did they do? And so it's creating that narrative or that story and um of what um the Philippines was like for them. And so when I do go back, it's like I'm living their life. It's like I'm living their story. So it's creating that narrative, asking yourself these questions. Um, and just starting from the ground up uh, to help form and reclaim that Filipino identity. And lastly, it's also um, being ex allowing exposure to learn about um, our Filipino heritage. And also, I, one more thing, the fourth thing is recognizing the stereotypes of our Filipino culture and also the struggles as well. I think that's definitely very important because um, we're able to just be not just bold, but also we're able to repair some of the unhealthy areas of our Filipino culture. Like, for example, mental health. I think that's something that I see that's been talked about for a long time, but it's also coming up more in our when, as one of the issues in our Filipino culture, because I, even growing up to her, like, um, what I've seen is, like, the older generation, like, we kind of, like, just shy away from, like, being, from, we shy away from allowing ourselves to be vulnerable, allowing us to be emotional, like, getting professional help for our mental health, and so I don't think, I think that's because that's been, like, a struggle, and I think I kind of understand it also, like, or the older generation, just if they were to like come here and immigrate to America, they've, they go through a lot. They've gotten through a lot to like just sacrifice for our generation now. And they've had to put up with a lot of different challenges. And I think because they've had to struggle in such a different way. And so now we struggle, but we also have the resources to help us with that struggle. I think we just need to build that bridge with um, the issues of mental health in our Filipino culture. That's one thing. And then also um, another stereotype that I think we can go into or even um, approach is allowing ourselves to go into different areas of our careers not just nursing, not just the medical field, but Filipinos, we are such great artists. We are such great creatives. We can definitely thrive in different areas of our career. So those are the four things allowing us to learn about our past. Um, and then also, um, approaching the different stereotypes, allowing us to, to learn about our current um, Filipino culture, and also just reminding ourselves, like, we shouldn't go through a certain qualification to be Filipino enough. If you're born, if your parents, one of them are Filipino, if you have a Filipino heritage, and you want to immerse yourself in it, then that, then that's how you can reclaim your Filipino identity.
taking a moment of silence because I know that was a lot and I know there was so many good things, so many good points that you brought up. That I Thank you for listening <laughs> like, and taking the time to process that. <laughs> yes, because it's like, no, I want to continue let her going. Like you had your your mm-hmm. honor roll and I think you kind of summed it up really well at the very end when you said we shouldn't have to go through certain qualification in order to be Filipino mm-hmm. enough because and even you see it in the mainstream media like you mm-hmm. see like there's um artists there's Filipino American or Filipino everywhere there's there's so many Filipinos everywhere mm-hmm. and no one will no one will be in that certain category or, or rubric to be Filipino like if you're born Filipino you're born Filipino if you're in another state mm-hmm. in another country you shouldn't yeah. kind of like compare yourself like in what you mm-hmm. see in the media because sometimes they miss the mark sometimes they don't tell the true story mm-hmm. of like what it means to be Filipino because being Filipino is in your heart like what you're what you're brought up with what you haven't learned and that is mm-hmm. that is what continue to encourage us is like being Filipino is your own story like how you mm-hmm. put yourself out there and how you kind of like um put yourself to where you kind of lead the next generation into the right path that mm-hmm. there shouldn't be this kind of box that you should fill out to be like oh, right. I'm Filipino. you're yeah. living your your own culture <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly right and I think one thing that one good thing that you really brought up is um being like allowing yourself to just learn and allowing yourself to make mm-hmm. mistakes because that's how it is <laughs> yes mm-hmm. and i think um the learning even the like learning the language like I'm still trying to pick up on it um I'm still trying to pick up on Tagalog for once it's gonna take a long while it's gonna be a journey but the little things you learn it does it does add up um if I may share a story um I I currently work as a diet technician um and one of the patients was Filipino and so I saw him the first time and then um yeah and then I saw him the second time and then I sh- shared with him like oh yeah I'm he, he asked me like oh are you Filipino I said yeah I'm yes I'm Filipino he's like oh where are you from I'm like oh yeah I was born and raised in Hawaii and then um he just started speaking Tagalog throughout the whole conversation I wanted to cry because <laughs> um I was like oh I don't know every single word that he's saying but I can still pick up on everything that he's talking about. Like he was sharing with me his background story of how he moved from the Philippines to Hawaii also to California. And it was just all in Tagalog. And I left the room. I called my mom and like, mom, like, this is what happened. I met a patient who's speaking Tagalog the whole time, but I understood everything he was saying. And I was like, just so grateful that I was, because I was able to allow myself to learn in little opportunities around me this helped me carry a conversation with one of my patients but also give him a good experience while serving him in the hospital so I was very happy (laughs) the little learning sessions 
it does go a long way and it does accumulate. <laughs> it does, and truly, thank you for sharing that story because it kind of like gave me a little. Um, it's kind of memorable to memorable in a way where like treating patients to make them feel like home and that's something mm -hmm. even those in the medical field um can even relate mm -hmm. to is like how can we treat our patients to where they're they're not scared to seek help where their mm -hmm. clinicians are familiar with their own culture like they don't have to like mm -hmm. guess of like oh how are you feeling and then they don't understand and then there's this there's this like yeah there's that disconnect boundary. yeah and that, and that culture boundary right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think like what you're doing, like that is like you're already doing it. Like you're doing the work. Like, and I feel like you're living your own through it. Um, especially because of how you're kind of like outwardly shining like your own, like what your family has like passed down to you. Thank you. <laughs> and actually, um, if there was actually an advice that you would give to your middle school self um, and you can wanna let her kind of give her a little tap, um, what would it mm -hmm. be? Okay. Um, ooh, there are like a couple of things that I would tell my 12 year old self. Um, I think at that time too, like, I know we're like just 12, year, 12 years old and like we're still trying to like figure out who we are. We're still having that I identity crisis when we're young. But um, also I think that was a time in middle school where um, I don't know why this was going around. It just was. And it made me feel insecure too. It was like, oh, you're FOB. I'm like, what's that? And they're like, FOB stands for fresh off the bone. I'm like, what is that supposed to mean? Like, oh yeah, that's what we call like people from the Philippines. Um, yeah, they're fob. I was like, what? And like, I'm 12 years old. I don't really understand what it was, but the connotation I was getting from that, it's like, it was offensive. But now I think like, of course, we're, when we're older and I was like, now you think about it, it's like, why would coming from another country to live in another country be offensive? It's just, you're just having another chapter of your life in a new place like why is that offensive and um being insecure with my Filipino identity as a 12 year old I would like to well, I would like to tell that young girl like being flawed is not bad it's nothing wrong <laughs> um and it doesn't make you any less than it doesn't make you less than anyone else who are locals to the place and also like for me not for me not being like from the Philippines but I also have relatives and siblings who are from the Philippines too I'm like oh my gosh they're considered flawed like why should I that should not make them feel any less and so again it's I want to tell that 12 year old young girl like anyone coming from another country they're not less than you. <laughs> they're starting a new life. Allow them to have a new life. Uh, secondly, <clears throat> um, do not shy away from the language. If I can't speak it, I shouldn't 
be shy to even try to even listen to it or learn it. I wish I immersed myself in the Filipino songs when I was younger so that now that I'm like in my mid-20s, it's easier for me to pronounce the music. I wish I watched more of the Filipino shows with my parents rather than like just shying away trying to figure out the plot for each story even though they're all similar like I I could at least enjoy that time with my parents too um just more exposure in short and let's see lastly um spending more time in the kitchen with my mom to make more Filipino food I would like to tell my 12 year old self that find myself more more often in the kitchen (laughs) I think just by listening to you kind of like reflect on like your old past middle school self and like seeing you now, I think that your future self would be, your middle school self would be proud to see you where you are today. Because (laughs) because you're actually really doing it. You're you're doing it. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing the work. And even if there are a little bit hurdles along the way, like you're, Mm -hmm you're putting yourself out there to see that I'm not I'm not scared to seek help I'm not scared to seek community because everyone mm-hmm. out there is is struggling of like I don't know if I should if I am Filipino but hey like if I have this tenacity in me to wanting to learn about my culture despite what society thinks then I I can be um, and I think that's the pressure of society nowadays is like they try to um, pull us down. I think one way is like really breaking away from that stereotype and like allowing ourselves to just like listen to your listen to your own voice first, because the mm-hmm. the one big community that will really push you down is actually our own Filipino community, which is really sad, but it's part of the, <laughs> it's part of the trauma and oppression that had gone through like thousands mm-hmm. of years ago that right. they're still, that they're still trying to heal from today. So like just trying to be a little bit understanding of them because yeah. they, our, our community has so much healing to do. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. And to conclude, to a lighter note, is what, and like just being able to like also have this conversation with you now is like, what Filipino food describes your personalities? <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Sorry, my stomach just grumbled too now you're thinking about it. Um. You know, we've been talking about food, <laughs> beginning, middle, and end. <laughs> Um, okay, so the Filipino dish I would say that um, would describe myself. Um, I would say hollow hollow uh, because I think like when you see a picture of like hollow hollow, okay, so hollow hollow can be made in different ways, right? Whatever picture of hollow hollow or like wherever it's from, whatever store it's from, you'll just recognize it as. Yo, that's holo holo. See another picture? Yeah, that's holo holo too. It's holo holo is very recognizable, made in different ways, but at its core, it's still, and like what it is, it's holo holo. I think that would describe me because 
like when someone talks about me or describes me um they're like yeah that's Sally they'll describe me in like different ways they've met me or like in different like I see myself in different friend groups they're like yes that's Sally that person that dessert (laughs) I'm a dessert that person that dessert is hollow hollow that's sally like i am who i am and whether someone paints me in a different fashion like they'll know who i am so that's i am sally (laughs) and also the second dish (laughs) the second dish you can also pair it with hollow hollow um i would say a turon (laughs) either a turon or a lumpia the inside for the lumpia it would be a whether it's it could be like banana or vegetable with the pancit like the lumpia it's gonna have something different inside so I feel like for me it's like when you get to know me I have so many different things inside of me I could be a banana I could be a vegetable I could be pancit inside the different lumpias (laughs) or maybe I could be a sweet turon who knows? <laughs> so when you get to know me, it's like, wow, there's so many layers, like so many, there's so many different things about Sally. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think. <laughs> and, and the that looks that I... really good. <laughs> the picture so, that I just that... <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Sorry, I was saying like, you're showing a picture of uh, Lumpia that I've never had before. There's Ube. There's jackfruit, there's banana, and there's also red bean. And what else is there? Is that the lychee jelly in there too? The coconut or jelly. Coconut jelly, coconut. there we go. Yeah, I've never had something like that. So I guess actually, Lumpias are the, full of surprises. <laughs> it is, it is. And actually, uh-huh. um, there is this kind of like... um. You um a few a full a, a media company in the Philippines a feature where they had three different types they made three different types of halo halo so when you were uh-huh. telling like oh I could be Turon and and halo halo like someone actually made a a halo halo into Dumpia so there is so wow. many different combinations and I think like uh-huh. by knowing hearing your personality and like telling who you are like you are surprised like people can can put different things and make you who you are like you can be you can be mm-hmm. anything <laughs> thank you and I think that concludes the rest of the podcast and I just want to say it was really really it was actually really an honor to be able to speak with you and to be able to really reflect with you your growing up experience of being Filipino and I think that others who are listening can relate and can take in from your experience because I think even today I feel like we don't say this enough but our high schoolers our middle schoolers like they're going Mm -hmm. through so many identity crises because so many people Mm -hmm. just like slapping them in the face and like it's it's just being able to reassure them to know that it's okay. You don't have to brush yourself if you don't. If you're not ready to go to college, you don't have to go to college. Like you have mm-hmm. so many different opportunities, 
and that right. is through this podcast through them listening through mm-hmm. any interactions to make them feel welcome and I think you may be one of the inspiration as they listen to this thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> I think um also for the young people too who are listening it's um if you're if you're having a identity crisis I think a good place to even start is understanding your cultural identity you know reclaiming if you're Filipino reclaiming your Filipino identity I think that's a fun and a great place to start that way you can learn more about your family and more about your um, culture and also knowing more about who you are because like that's just and and like that could help you to learn more about who you are and how you function. And one last thing is, is there anything that you would like yourself to be promoted on this podcast for, for anyone to follow you on and to continue to connect with you? Um, sure. Yeah. So I do have my personal social media account, um, but that, that's a personal one, but um, I do have more of my professional ones. <laughs> um, I do have a photography um, account. It's called sallysaunders.jpg. And then I also have my nutrition account. Um, when I'm done studying for my um, dietitian board exam and I pass, um, I'll be taking it sometime soon. <laughs> um, I will be reactivating it again to hopefully share more Filipino dishes that I make, um, blogging more about it or taking, or just sharing more nutrition knowledge. That Instagram is nutrition with Sally. And then um, I also have my art account. <laughs> so many different art things. It's the holo holo. It's all mixed in. <laughs> Yes. all the different hobbies <laughs> um that one is lines dot that period saunder so lines that saunder yeah. thank you so much again sally it has been really a pleasure being able to chat with you and even like continue to connect with you as your journey as your own cultural journey will continue to unravel thank you